Welcome to the Kingdom Dynamics Podcast, where I, Jonathan, will lead you into the Kingdom of God, which is not a religion. It is a place. It is a government. It is a country. It is at hand. And it is the only message that Jesus Christ preached. I want you to enter the Kingdom, understand the Kingdom, so that you can bear fruit, which is Kingdom people. God is wanting to fill everything. He does it by planting seed. The seed is the word of the kingdom and it takes over and it becomes the largest tree in the garden. I'll be listening and watching to see how you improve today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan here and just having some great revelation that I want to share with you wherever you are this morning now. My ministry is based on a fundamental premise that that if you understand the kingdom, that you are going to bear fruit. And Jesus said that in the very first parable of the sower, <clears throat> rather, he said, excuse me, he said, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any other parable? <clears throat> so, my children go to Catholic school and they told me that their teacher said that you can pray to a saint. Now, obviously, you can't do that. That's not biblical. That's crazy, right? But but that is a sign of, of religion. They, they don't know God. They don't believe in God. They're praying out of their mind. They're praying out of their mind. So, obviously, these are the three things that Jesus fundamentally taught us. Number one, we have a good Father in heaven who loves us. Jesus prayed, Daddy God, who lives in heaven, my home, you're awesome. Your heaven, your country come to earth as it is in heaven. So the number one thing he taught us is we are children of God. We have a father. We have a father who loves us, loves us, loves us so much that he would crucify Jesus for us. So number two, fundamentally number two, he came to say that there is a kingdom and it's arrived. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, this is a sign of the kingdom when he cast out demons he said this is the kingdom he said that yes he did say that because he said to the Pharisees if you don't believe me believe the works so every work that Jesus did as a miracle as a a provision turning water into wine was for the single sole purpose of demonstrating proof that the reality of the kingdom has arrived. So number one, we have a good father. Number two, that there is a kingdom called heaven and it's now on the earth. Since Jesus arrived, that was his purpose to seek and to save that which was lost. His purpose was to to establish and to restore the kingdom. His purpose was to to destroy the works of the devil. But but namely he said, I've come to demonstrate the kingdom and Matthew chapter three shows us that John the Baptist's message was the kingdom. Chapter 4 tells us that Jesus' message was the kingdom. 
every parable was about the kingdom. The kingdom is like a mustard seed. The kingdom is like yeast. The kingdom is like a lost coin. The kingdom is like a lost sheep. The kingdom is like a vineyard that's planted. The kingdom is like, the kingdom is like. If you are a Christian and do not deeply, fundamentally, by the revelation of the Spirit, understand the kingdom, not hear about it, not learn about it, not know about it, but deeply understand impartation you, you are carrying this revelation of the kingdom that there's a government that there's a country that there's a military that there's an economy that's called the kingdom you see when australia sets up an embassy in the united states that building is as if Australia is in the United States. That building, when you go into it, has the laws of Australia. It has the language of Australia. It has the military of Australia. And when you go into that embassy, even though you are in New York or in Washington, the moment you set foot into the Australian embassy, you are in Australia, and that is the church. When you go to church... You are in heaven. You are operating under the laws of heaven. You are operating under the jurisdiction of heaven. There's no no semblance of the exterior country. That's why when two or more gather together, Jesus is there with you in the embassy. That's why certain prayers need to be prayed in the embassy. We run to the embassy for resources. We run to the embassy for support. If I'm living in 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 America as an Australian, I can run to the embassy. Even if I'm in trouble criminally, I can run to the embassy and the country of America has no jurisdiction in there. I'm safe. And my embassy will defend me because I am a diplomat. You, you and I are diplomats on the earth with diplomatic immunity. Like... Donald Trump or President Biden, we have an entourage of invisible angels, of motorcycles and limousines everywhere we go. You have a ring on your finger and a turban on your head. You are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You are seated at the right hand of God. Heaven is yours. It belongs to you. When you're born again, Jesus said in John chapter 3, you can see the kingdom. If you don't see the kingdom, then you're not going to bear much fruit. I'm not going to say that you're not saved because if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then we're saved, right? But I don't know if you're going to be very effective in this world. And Jesus Christ was very clear. There's going to be a an accountability for what we do with what we have. There's an expectation to expand his kingdom. Now, he is territorial, Every king wants expansion. John Jeff Bezos wants to expand Amazon. You know, Mark Zuckerberg wants to expand, you know, the metaverse. Donald Trump wanted to wanted to expand America. <clears throat> Seems like the current administration's shrinking it. But anyway, 
Number one, fundamentally speaking, Jesus Christ came to say that we have a good father and to demonstrate by saying, look at me and you see the father. Number two, fundamentally, number two, that the kingdom has arrived and you and I must have this understanding. It's a vision. You must drive to work, babysit your kids. I guess technically they're your kids, so you don't babysit them, but... Everything you do is with a kingdom perspective. As Jesus said, you have to see. If you can't see the kingdom at work, if you can't see the kingdom in the media, if you can't see the fight between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, then you are going to be ineffective and a liability. You know, my mum said that her church pastor, God bless him, said, if you don't believe, you know, go, go, go home. (laughs) Love it. Sounds like the kingdom to me. Jesus Christ was very clear. If you're not with me, you're against me. <clears throat> he said that. He said, if you, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. <clears throat> Number three, love your neighbor. Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you see someone bleeding across the side of the road, you're responsible to to fix them as if it's your own blood, as if it's your own, you know, family. So, I know that, you know, some of the theological people out there will say, oh, you know, um, Jesus Christ, you know, said that his mission was to go to the lost sheep of Israel or... Look, I'm just I'm just trying to help you with, with the fundamental here, guys. And what I'm saying is Jesus Christ very, very clearly, very effectively conveyed to us these three significant fundamental revelations the revelation of the father that he himself is just like the father he's the express image of the father he he is the father number two is that there is a kingdom that's now arrived it wasn't here before john the baptist there was no the kingdom was not on earth the kingdom was on earth with adam and eve it was lost and now it's found So the moment Jesus Christ arrived, the kingdom arrived because he is the king. And wherever the king goes is the kingdom. Now, he's taking territory inside of men's hearts. The kingdom is not a building. It's within you. He said that. It's so obvious. Once you get a kingdom understanding, everything makes sense. Suddenly, religion makes sense because you can just divide between the two. Suddenly, the kingdom of darkness makes sense and everything that's going on in this world that's under the sway of the evil one. Everything in this world is owned by Satan, and that is the world system. <clears throat> the media, the economy, the education system, the the financial system, everything is under the puppet strings of Lucifer, who is not God, and he's not even a man. He's less than a man, because God gave the earth to man. He didn't give it to Satan. He didn't give it to an angel. <clears throat> and number three is to love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Turn the other cheek. To love your brother is to lay down your life for them. Love is sacrifice. So the reason I say this is that you and I need a kingdom understanding. A kingdom understanding. It's not just an encounter with God. It's not just revelation in a moment. It is a a, a map, a grid over our minds, over our eyes. Jesus said it this way. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So change your thinking. 
he also said it this way. Listen, he said, he said, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. What's the yeast of the Pharisees? He said it was the teaching of the Pharisees. So if you, if you want a kingdom understanding, then you have to identify and surgically remove from your mind, your per- not, you can't change your church. They, they're going to preach whatever. They might preach some sound doctrine. They might preach some false doctrine, right? So you have got to take responsibility for your mind. You have got to be washed with the water of the word. Paul said you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. No one else can save you. When you stand before God, your pastor will not be there holding your hand. It's your responsibility. So you have got to forensically audit your mind. You've got to take out of your brain surgically, take out of your fears, your expectations, your beliefs, your wrong assumptions, your disappointments. You've got to surgically remove the teaching of religion in your mind. But also, Jesus Christ said, beware the yeast of Herod, which is much more dangerous these days, much more toxic. And I believe that's the season we're in. And that's what's happening in the earth today because we went through the 60s and 70s and 80s when there was a confrontation with the demonic spirits of religion in the church. You know, we started to see, you know, rock and roll music come into the church and tattoos come into the church and and, and skinny leg jeans and, and now it, it's gone too far now. But it was, a, it was a result of taking out that religious demon, that religious demon that was in Catholicism since the since the Crusades, was cast down, you know, since the the 1890s right through to the 1990s in my estimation. Now God is going after and destroying politics. Now, politics is the yeast of Herod. Politics is you've got to have a, you know, you've got to have a seat in the front row. You've got to drive a nice car to prove that you're a Christian. You've got to be a big financial giver. You've got to go to a conference. You've got to, it's, it's networking. It's leadership. Oh my God. Leadership. I'm not against leadership and I, I want leaders in, in my church because leadership is, like Paul said, the ability for Timothy to imitate him. But leadership has become a false doctrine in the church. It's demonic and it's trying to replace the kingdom. Anything we put our faith in that's not the kingdom is going to be a problem that's not Jesus. So it's it's beware. Surgically weed out of your mind the teaching of politics. Politics exalts man over God. I said politics exalts man over God in the same way that religion exalts man over God. The Pharisees were more interested in what other people thought of them they're looking at the outside appearance. It's the same with politics. It's always looking at the outside appearance. It's always looking at man. But politics differs from religion in that religion puts rules and regulations between man and God. Jesus said the Pharisees slam the door in men's faces. Politics is just as dangerous, maybe a little bit more subterranean. Politics also looks at the outward appearance, also puts the fear of man above the fear of God, but it puts structure in between man and God. Where religion puts rules, politics puts structure. Like the 
experimental genetic treatment that we're all obliged to imbibe in like the paper nappies on our on our on our snort like the QR codes that we carry around with us but but it's not just the 21st century this politics is also expressed in the structures of our churches and the building funds and the offerings and a whole bunch of things that aren't bad in themselves but when they put a structure between man and God I want to rip it to shreds and I hate it and I destroy it you say what you mean you don't use double talk you don't keep secrets from your congregation you got to tell people the truth religion and politics are disastrous so today I've given you basically a, a summary of my second book which I haven't written yet um, God told me to write it for five people so I'm sorry if you're one of those five people you had to wait but it's still coming <laughs> it's still in me and it's got to come out so father i baptize these people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for the angels who are the military of heaven to surround them right now. These people who are listening are ambassadors, diplomats of a foreign country. They're living on the earth. They're aliens, but their citizenship's in heaven. They are carrying a passport that says heaven on the cover. Okay, so Father, I just want to thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. I want to bless them. I want to baptize them in the name of Jesus. And guys, if you're willing to receive Jesus Christ right now, that's the time to do it. Just pray, Father, I accept Jesus. He is your son and he's my king and I receive him now. There's a transaction that took place on that cross. Jesus Christ took the sins of mankind onto himself. But it is it is you, our responsibility to take his righteousness upon ourselves. It's an exchange. His, his perfect life for our sinful life. Everyone has sinned. You know that you've sinned. Just look at an animal. They don't, they don't know that they're naked. They don't get embarrassed that they're not wearing clothes because they have not eaten. No animal ate from the tree that was forbidden. That is what separates us. That's what makes us different. That's why we wear clothes. And in the same way, you and I, from the age of six, seven, or eight, or nine, we are aware of our nakedness. Don't deny your sin. You have sin. You know it. Everybody knows it. No one is going to be without, no one is going to be able to say to God, I didn't know. Because every one of us is accountable to God for what Jesus did. I'm talking about the Buddhists, the, the Hindus, the Baha'is, the agnostics, the antichrists, the Christians. The, everybody will stand before God and the Father God will say, What did you do with my son? Let me tell you a quick revelation here. God spoke the world into existence, so the world is a wavelength of the vibration of the sound of God's voice. He said, let there be, and light came out of his mouth as a wavelength. He said, let there be trees, let there be animals, let there be people. We all came out of his mouth as a vibration, and everything is a vibration, and that CERN-Hedron Collider is 
stuffing it up at the moment. But what I'm trying to say to you is when you eat a mango, you are eating God. You are eating God's voice. Because His voice is that light. His voice is the sun and the moon and the stars. And everything is made out of the very vibration that came out of the Father. So no one, every, when you die, you're going to see all of this. What a privilege to see it now. I'm glad I haven't seen Jesus face to face like Paul because I have a greater blessing because I believe in him and yet I haven't seen him. But I am also so blessed because my eyes are open. I see the kingdom. There's nothing better than being born again and seeing the kingdom. I'm literally possessed by the Holy Spirit. There are unclean spirits. They're called demons, but there is a Holy Spirit and he is the Father, and he is the Son, and he is the Holy Spirit, and he lives in me, all three live in me, and I live in him, and right now I'm seated at the right hand of God, and I've got to see that with my physical eyes, and my spiritual eyes rather, I've got to see that today as I go to work, and you've got to have a kingdom perspective. I'm on fire, I'm burning up. Why don't you email me your prayer request so I can pray with you and so that God can confirm his word with signs and wonders. Kingdom Dynamics Podcast at gmail.com. Bye for now.